I would give you on the poshometer out of 10, probably a four. So you're not doing great. On the DIT poshometer, she's a solid nine. I've lived in South Dublin my whole life. My little suburb of Kalini was basically all I knew for 19 years. My social circle ran from Shankill to Blackrock and out as far as Dundrum. We all spoke the same way, dressed in the same way and acted in the same way. Then I started working. Suddenly I was exposed to people from other places. We're talking Northside, we're talking Colchis. Sure, I met a few people from different places along the way, but I was always surrounded by South Dublin as well. It was at this point I was made aware of how I spoke. The jibes came about my posh accent. It was also at this point I became aware about the preconceptions people had about Southsiders. I was asked stuff like, how many houses does your dad own? Or, are you taking the private jet or the yacht this weekend? It was a shock to the system that I didn't quite know how to deal with, and it only got worse when I got to college. I was amazed that people could think I was a certain type of person based on my accent and the way I spoke. I'm Louise Byrne and I set out on a quest to find out why we judge people based on their accents and how this affects the people who are judged and the people who are judging. I know people that would have a South Dublin accent, just it's where they're from and they wouldn't be considered rich or whatever, like just middle class, I guess. This is my friend Zoe Harvey Graham. She grew up in Kalini and we went to secondary school together. I would say that um, the most prominent stereotype is that you're posh and you're very rich when you hear a South Dublin accent. Zoe's right. If you Google South Dublin stereotypes or signs you're a Southsider, this is the gist of what you get. You're posh. You have a lot of money. You wore dubs, you went to West as a teenager, you always wear your hair in a messy bun and you always wear a fake tan. You play rugby or you're interested in rugby. You went to Gonzaga or Black Rock or Loretto and you do your big shop in Marks and Spencers. The list goes on and the jokes continue. And what are people's reactions to your accent? Uh, people will slag my accent. What kind of um, things do they say? Just, you know, oh, you're so posh, you know, from Kalini. Are you from Kalini? You know, things like that. Um, that you're really rich, you know, that daddy buys you everything, that kind of thing. Zoe admits to playing her accent down and changing the way she speaks depending on who she's with and where she is. When I'm in college, I'll play it down. When I'm at work, I'll play it down as well. Um, I'll Well, when I'm in college, I'll play it down for the culture, so I'll try to add in a few yees. And then when I'm at work, I'll make it a bit rougher to just, you know, fit in because I work in a pub. So um, I'll make it a bit rougher and not as posh either. Laurence Pevu is a lecturer in multicultural diversity in DIT. I met up with her to ask why we judge people based on their accents. When people hear you talk, that's what they're going to look at. From my accent, people deduce an awful lot of things, and that is the basis of stereotypes, is that we all make generalisation about people. We're going to take a look at them. The way they look, you are going to go, hmm. There's a look, there's an appearance. Same pattern of judgment. How can I put that person in a box so that I have an answer for myself which is going to be simplifying my life? But what does an accent really tell us about a person? Laurent explained. Accent is going to give you maybe the geographic. Yeah, the geographical location, that's one thing. 
And then from then on, you are going to attach it to an awful lot of labels and traits. And it's the generalized and simplified characteristics. And it's what you were saying. People hear me and they presume to know all about my life. That is stereotyping you. Yeah. They haven't a clue about your life. But because you speak in a, in a specific manner, they're going to know that and the other. And it's never based on scientific evidence. That's, that's the thing about stereotypes. It's always based on impressions. And it's a bit like gossips. So it takes a life of itself. Laurence then asked me a question I hadn't thought of before. What is your reaction when you meet people with a very different accent to yours? A north side, very strong north side accent. I suppose, well, I suppose when I was younger, I suppose it's kind of changed now a bit because mm. I'm surrounded by all the time. But say when I was 16, 17, I probably would have had like a similar reaction yeah. to the way people do to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the stereotypes like, oh, you know, they're from the north side. They must be going to rob your purse or stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. So like, and I realise I do it as well. Absolutely. This raises a good point. Who am I to get so offended about people judging me on my accent and the stereotypes it brings when I do it too? My friend Zoe agreed with me. How do you feel when people put those stereotypes on you? Do you think you fit those stereotypes? No, like, I guess because, like, I did go to a private school and, you know, I do live in a posh area and stuff. So, like, I do think it's fair. And I'll do the same to someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone has a really rough accent, I'm going to make those stereotypes as well. You know, everyone does it. It's just a thing you do. You know, I can't blame other people for doing it to me when I do it to other people. This conversation with Laurence made me think of something that one of my teachers used to say to me in secondary school. Gronya McAvoy, or Miss McAvoy as I know her, was my English teacher in St. Joseph at Clooney and Cliney. She always used to tell us that we lived in a little South Dublin bubble and that our view of the world wasn't the view everyone else had. Miss McAvoy explained to me what she thinks happens when people grow up in what she calls an insular community. People tend to stick to their own, socialise with their own, be educated with their own, do everything with their own. Everyone around them is from a very similar socioeconomic bracket, speaks the same way. And I really just found it very pronounced and remarkable when I first started teaching out here. It was quite homogenous and that a lot of the times the girls I was teaching perhaps maybe didn't see outside the six or eight kilometre radius between the N11 and the N50 once you got past the Grand Canal. So what do you think would be the main stereotype about South County Dublin? That everybody, well, particularly with young people, say they're privileged, they're posh, they play rugby, they, you know, expect the 625 in their leaving cert, they wear fake tan, and that um, they have been fed with a silver spoon. I think they are the main stereotypes, certainly, about young people in South Dublin. Sounds like a Love in Dublin article. Does it? It sounds like a Love in Dublin article. <laughs> oh, God. Ms. McAvoy reminded me that we didn't always believe her when she said we lived in a bubble. When I used to speak to your class about, you know, you're living in a bubble and not every 17-year-old gets grinds in eight subjects, not every 18-year-old has their own car, not every Leaving Cert student goes on a foreign holiday and not every Leaving Cert student you know, spends all of their time out and meeting these social obligations. And when I spoke to you guys about living in a bubble, which you did not like, I don't know, I suppose you were maybe a little bit disbelieving or just, you know, class me as a culture, which is always just easier, isn't it? (laughs) 
One of the main places I'm slagged off over my accent is in college. There's not many Southsiders in my course and I was curious to find out what people's initial impressions were of me when they first heard my accent back in first year. I remember the first day of first year of our course, me and you were sitting near each other mm-hmm. and I noticed your accent straight away. Did so, you, What did you think of it? So I knew straight away that you were in the D4 area, we were talking the South Side, but that's not judgment, that's just you hear accents when you live in a certain place. But I do remember it sounding, put it this way, I definitely made a judgment but within 10 minutes since I was sitting beside you, my judgment was gone. But that's probably... What was your initial judgment? My judgment think? just would have been that you were posh and the association in general with being posh is that, oh, like this is probably someone who comes from a good area, probably has a lot of money. I don't I don't really... I didn't yeah. think anything too specific because yeah. you're in your first day of college at the same time. But after 10 minutes of talking to you, I knew that wasn't the case. I knew you were normal. Yeah. But I guess it shows you... You know, imagine for whatever reason we were moved apart and then I didn't talk to you for a month. I'd be like, oh, that girl, that's the posh girl. No, I do. I do think you somewhat live up to a little bit of the stereotype. But then for a lot of it, you don't. I mean, you definitely don't live up to the whole stereotype at all. I think the main problem in general, like not just accents with stereotypes, unless you get a bit of depth to the person. Like if you're sitting there for 10 or 15 minutes, it is what it is. Whatever you've gotten from them, that's your association straight away. Mm -hmm. Whereas after the 15 minutes and the ice is broken then you kind of see the real person so it's not even really accents it could be like skin colour it could be anything really it could be the way someone looks it could be the way someone talks I think the stereotype as well isn't with the person who the stereotype is of no it's our own it's of the people who think of the stereotype yeah 100% so like like the stereotype isn't I don't think the onus is on you to break the stereotype I think it's on the person to get to know you to go oh I thought she'd be really like this but she's actually not Mm. you know rather than you be like oh I better not like artisan coffee because that will put me firmly in the stereotype Mm. but let's say that we didn't know each other that well and like I said I'd barely spoken to you over the years or blah 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 or you hadn't been like class rep and things like that I probably would just be like oh like Louise really posh Stephanie Costello is a journalist in Hot Press magazine and a host on the Sus podcast Stephanie grew up in a unique position she grew up in a working class area but attended a private secondary school in South Dublin so I grew up in Ringsend, um, which would have been considered at the time a very working class neighbourhood. Um, I grew up in the flats in Ringsend and I suppose nowadays it's become a lot more gentrified and the line's been blurred between working class and middle class. But yeah, I grew up in a um, very working class area of Dublin. What was your secondary school experience? Where did you go to secondary school? That was kind of... That was the big shock. So, like, I went to a secondary school called Pembroke, um, which is a private school. And I really only went because in um, primary school, I had these friends who were going there. So it was a big shock, massive culture shock. That was fine. Like, I had the first four years there and then that school shut down. And I think most of the kind of problems started when I went to a new school, which was also a private school. And it was mixed. And I realised people were kind of going to judge me on how I talked and where I where I came from. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I'd lived a very sheltered life, like where everything had just been so normal and, you know, it had never really been a big deal, I suppose. What got difficult was once I went to private school, my dad's side of the family, who are all from Rohini um, and even more on the north side, they sort of started turning their nose up at me a little bit. It was like, they were sort of like, oh, she's gotten a bit too big for her boots now. She thinks that she's something better. She's something different. I sort of felt very isolated. Like I had no, I didn't really know where my identity was after after going to like a private school. I felt like I was too posh for 
my some on my side of the family, but I was too rough for the private school people. Stephanie said she felt judged twice. Judged at home and judged in school. I wouldn't have thought that I had a heavy South Dublin accent. And I think when people start saying it to you, you become really conscious of it. You must have been so conscious. Both in school at, and at home. Yeah, like there was, I remember one time when um, one of my aunts rang the phone and I answered and my aunt picked up. She asked, she was like, oh, is your mad there? So gave it over. And then after my mum hung up, she came to me and she was like quite upset. She was like, your aunt's just after saying that, you know, she doesn't know who you are anymore. Like you're putting this, you're putting these voices on. And she was really, my mom was upset that my aunt said that. My aunt was upset with me. And I was a teenager. I was like 14. Yeah. How was I supposed to know? Like that wasn't something I was doing consciously. Like that was just the surroundings that I was in at the time. I didn't and know anything. did better. you develop that South Dublin accent? Oh, massively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Massively so. I'd love to say like, no, but I did. Like uh, when you're young, you're so impressionable. You go with the flow and you become a product of your environment. And I definitely did. Why did Stephanie feel the need to put on this accent when she was in school? I started putting it on because I wanted approval from the people who were around me and I think it took me until college or the end of sixth year to finally sort of realise and I'm really glad I did that I, I'm good enough just as I am and I don't need to put on any accents. Dublin is such a tribal city that like we all kind of, st- as much as we like to think we're diverse, we like we, we're not. We all stay in our own little bubbles. So like if you're from Ring's End, you're really only going to stay in Ring's End. If you're from, you know, Kalini, you're really only going to like stay inside Kalini. And it's only when you get to school or you get to work that you start seeing these mixes and then you really start seeing people's prejudices. Um, that are really born out of nothing. Like, oh, if you're from the flats, then you're a knacker and you steal cars. Or if you're from Kalini, then you're a spoiled little brat who gets everything they want. Stephanie struck a chord with me when she said she adopted the South Dublin lilt to try and fit in. Maybe that's where my accent came from too. Of course it was due in part to my surroundings, but I also wanted everyone I went to school with to think I was just like them. A South Dublin prototype. Stephanie then raised a good point about the voices heard in the Irish media industry. Even in the Irish media, like how many working class voices do you hear on RT radio? One, Joe Duffy. Yeah, yeah. one. Like how many working class voices do you hear on like TV, expose? No. Now that you're working in the media industry, mm. are you still really conscious over how you sound? No, or- I'm not. Um, but I do notice a change. So like I do a podcast every week and <laughs> I definitely use my phone voice. I don't know why, but I know I do. I don't sound like my, my, my true self like I would be with you know, my mum and dad. But again, the podcast is in its infancy and I think there are nerves involved. And I think I just go and fall back on my reliable comfort kind of voice. But yeah, going forward with my career in like in the media and stuff like that, one of my main goals is like, to spread awareness and you just basically spread awareness of like there are different journalists out there like they don't all sound the same we don't all come from the same place you know and it's an important thing because if you have journalists who all come from a middle to upper middle you know the top classes you're only really only ever going to get certain angles on the news you're only really ever going to get certain opinions she's right think about it so many tv presenters and journalists have a so-called dublin four accent this made me wonder Since I'd started studying journalism, had my accent got heavier as I tried to perfect my radio voice? I hadn't seen Miss McAvoy in four years, so I asked her if my accent gotten heavier since I left school. Is my accent still as strong? No. I think your accent, can I be honest? Yeah. Frank, 
Yeah. Okay. I think your accent is wavering a lot. I think it's going to settle down again. Wavering? Yeah. I think there's elements that I hear really South Dublin. Yeah. Um, there are elements I hear are almost town. And then she said something that shook me to my very core. I hear a bit of culture in there. Culture in there. Town I could accept, but culture? A bit of culture. Yeah. What I did I say that is a bit of culture? I look at it. It's all in the tone. It's all in the tone. <laughs> Um, so I do think I do think that you're I think yours is an accent in flux at the moment um, but I certainly wouldn't put you down for solid uh, South County Dublin Laurence wasn't surprised that Miss McAvoy thought my accent had changed in fact and to my amazement she struggled to hear my accent at all I wouldn't be able to pick up your accent very much really? no um, it's quite flat to me it has to be a bit more accentuated for me to pick it up. The North Dublin probably I'm more able to to pick up. Well, I've actually, I met up with one of my teachers the other week and we were talking about this and she was like, your accent is actually, it's not as strong as it used to be. And you, you would because yeah. you've been mixed with people who are not from the south yeah. side. Therefore, your accent is going to evolve. I explained to Miss McAvoy that when I was in school, I really wanted to fit into the stereotype. When I was in school, we did put that pressure on ourselves and a lot of it did come from ourselves and you wanted to be the best. Like It simply came down to that. It was so competitive. You did want to live up to the stereotype as much as you hated it. You did because you wanted to fit in. And it's only since you leave school and since you look back do you honestly just realise you don't care anymore and that it was so fickle. And that maybe, you know, there are other ways to live. And that this stereotype isn't necessarily the measure of success. I've noticed so much how your accent has changed, perhaps. And even the way you view things then, when you were sitting in front of me in the first row, you know, for fifth and sixth year English. I think your outlook has certainly changed by going perhaps maybe to a different university than a lot of your classmates might have ventured to. And maybe by having that that umbilical cord yanked and and immersing yourself in 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 the city. Now, I mean, it's not Beirut; it's just town. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be not here. <laughs> but I, I do think that um, you know, oftentimes, and when people move out of these hot houses and out of this bubble, that they begin to see perhaps the bigger picture, and that maybe the pressure lessens to conform and to fit into this desired stereotype. It's a stereotype, but I do really believe it's desired by a lot of a lot of students still. Do you think I've changed? Uh, I think you've grown up, thank God, which is great. I don't mean that you, you know, thank God you needed to grow up, but thank God you did. So do I think you've changed? Yeah, Louise, I do. I think that you certainly have a more worldly view than you had when you were an 18-year-old in, uh, in a uniform, for sure. And I think listening to you speak, you know, in the conversations we've had over the last number of weeks, I think that there is a big element of self-reflection going on um, that you can see the merits of where you come from um, but also that you can see perhaps the difficulties coming from an area like this perhaps maybe and how others perceive it and perceive you because of that. When I left Miss McAvoy that afternoon I realised something. Maybe the reason that I came into this programme with a chip on my shoulder is because I'd finally gotten something I'd wanted my whole teenage life and I didn't actually like it. All through school, I wanted to fit into the South Dublin stereotype. Like all teenagers, I wanted to fit in and I wanted to fit the mould. But it never happened. 
Then I started working and I started going to college and finally I was considered that girl, the South Dublin girl. And it was all based on my accent. And maybe I played up to it. Maybe I had been so used to trying to fit in that I didn't realise that I was inflicting the stereotype and the jokes that came with it upon myself. I was finally seen as the South Dublin girl and I didn't like it. What a shock that would have been to my 17 year old self. But it's the truth. I don't like people thinking I'm posh. I don't like people thinking my parents have a never-ending bank balance. I don't like people thinking I've been handed everything in life when in reality I work really hard. There's nothing wrong with being from South Dublin and there's nothing wrong with being that stereotypical South Dublin girl. There's nothing wrong with speaking with a South Dublin accent. What I've taken from this is that it's important not to lose yourself within the stereotype. Don't let trying to fulfill the stereotype take over your life. Be yourself and if this is the way you speak, then that's okay. Maybe trying to fulfill the stereotype won't be all it's cracked up to be. The Girl in the Bubble is a DITFM production produced by Louise Byrne.